Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What led you to this point? What, what led you to become a lawyer? What led you to become a prosecutor? Mm-hmm. And what's leading you to become a judge? For me, when I was seven, I was introduced to the criminal justice system. My father was murdered, like I said. Mm-hmm. And I vividly, to this day, still remember my mother coming in and telling me that daddy was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I even going through that process The person who killed my father, the first person who murdered him, was never arrested. Nothing ever happened to him. So I remember literally crying on my mother's lap and asking her why. Like, why was this man allowed? Because my mother always taught me, like, you know, be good, do good things, et cetera. And if you're not going to do good things, if you're not going to be good, then you'll get punished. And so it was this space of like, well, why is he not being punished for taking away my daddy? Uh, And in that space, I just remember thinking, like, no other little seven-year-old should feel this way. Like, no seven-year-old should feel this way. And so I always wanted to be the voice of people. The voice of people. The voice of people. The voice The voice The voice The voice Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. This is the first episode in a minute where everybody is in, in the, the studio. Yes, I get I excited. Love I love. We so excited about this. This yes. is shit is supposed <laughs> to be. Yes, yes. This is home. This the energy is right. back. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it is supposed to be. And I could not be more excited to talk about what we're talking about today, right? We, we talk about the justice system and we talk about what we want and what we need. We talk about voting, but we don't vote as much as we should. But today, we get to sit back and talk to someone who is looking to take a role in a position to help us move forward. And I don't want to take any thunder away from this guest today. So I'm going to do something I very rarely do, and we are going to allow (laughs) her to introduce herself because I can't do it justice. So please, ma'am, if you would not mind telling the people who you are, (laughs) whoop, whoop, and what you do, what you're about to be doing, and why they need to be paying attention. Let me shut up. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, this is awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me here. It is my absolute pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I am so excited about this. Literally, it's been the highlight of my week, what I've been looking forward to. So That's what I'm talking about. Thank Love. you so much. <laughs> so hello, everyone. My name is Shermila Williams. I am running for Fulton County Superior Court Judge. I was born and raised in Fulton County, so I'm an ATL native. We are unicorns. 
Mm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. True story. Uh, so, just by way of background, I, like I said, I was born and raised right here in Atlanta. I went to Howard University for undergrad. I went to Georgetown University Law Center for law school. And I have worked, served, and lived in this community practically my entire life. And I am running for Fulton County Superior Court Judge because I see that we've got some things going on that need to be changed. Say that. Mm. And so, you know, we can't just talk about it. I tell people all the time, don't complain about it if you're not going to do anything about it. And so, though it has been my dream and my goal to be a judge uh, since I was a little girl, literally since the age of seven, my father was murdered. And so literally at seven, I said, I want to be a judge. I got to make a difference. Mm. Uh, mm. But I thought that that would come literally when I was in my 50s. I will be 38 on Monday. Uh, and so what I realized in this space and this time that we are living in, I cannot wait until 50 to really make a difference and serve my community. We need change now. now. Immediately. N-O-W. Now. Yes. Now. So that's why I'm running for Fulton County Superior Court Judge. And I'm asking all of you good folks under the sound of my voice to come out. Please do not sit this election out. Mask up, show up, and vote because we need it more now than ever. And Atlanta, you know you are our biggest market. We need you to show up and show out. I just love the fact that we are talking to someone who said, enough talking about it. We got to actually be about it, right? Listen. And for those of you who are listening, if you don't understand why I got so excited, about having someone who is striving to be in this type of position, then I need you to stop listening to Wild Black because obviously you haven't listened enough. We've talked about the impact from our judicial system. We've talked about judges, lawyers, and juries many times over. You ain't paying attention. Mm -hmm. Or listen again. Maybe it takes two or three times. Maybe (laughs) repetition helps some people. I'll go at art on that. I'm I'm not writing you off yet. You got one more goddamn time. (laughs) That's it. You we know, all on different it's, buses. Look, it's, what bus did they arrive on? What bus did they arrive on? <laughs> it is some accountability with Wild Black. Y'all here. <laughs> and look, because I want to get into this conversation quickly, we're going to go ahead and jump into this Wild Black shit. Brother, you ready? Yeah, always, always. So on our Wild Black shit, we'll give you a quick synopsis of, of how we do it. Let's go. She only believes she quick on the feet. She really don't. She, really, she, no, yeah, she, she jumped right out there. I'm all the prosecutorial. Did I say it right? I'm new to this. Is it prosecutorial? Did I say it right? Prosecutorial. Yes, she did. Look at that. You absolutely Big did. Big words, mm-hmm. baby. See that? You said with the in you. you see, I don't oh, even know what that oh, means, oh, but I think it's good. I think it's good. used a couple of terms that was quite large. Brother, do you know what that means? I don't. I don't. Listen, but you have to be able to talk to people on all levels, right? You got to be able to use the penny words as well as the silver dollar words. I'm about to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you with my made-up language. Zimbudu du gaso im gawe. You know, so I had a professor at <laughs> Howard who used to up. say that those were neologisms. She said that it was okay to make up words as long as they sound right. I love that. What? Neo, now, what did you say a moment ago? Word. Sasquipedalian, so it's a person who uses big words. Mm, I thought you look just talked about my mom. I think you said that. something about my mom. No, I wouldn't talk about that. your mama. No, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I like that. I, look, I grew up in Atlanta. I know not to talk about you somebody's said a mama. You an alien? Negative radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said a sesquipedalian. <laughs> See, that is exactly why we have to repeat the sometimes. Because <laughs> people do come in on different... Sespit Vidalia. Uh-huh. Like the onion, uh-huh. Sespit Vidalia. Listen, S-A-T. 
I busted it out. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no goddamn right. well you did. With and that I grew word. up. Let's be clear. I grew up in Southwest Atlanta. So when people say that good things and great things don't come out of Southwest Atlanta, I say to them, use a lot. Use a lot. Use a, a lot. A whole lot too. And and that's one word. Use a lot. Use a lot is a yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Use a lot. Don't try to separate it. Use no, a lot. No, that's right. That's Dash right. is nothing. No, in there. That's no, a no. Full... Use a lot is a whole word. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got you. So you but, ready? But, but she that, ready for that's the shortened version because the whole word is use a motherfucking lot. That's the it whole is. Word. It that's is. The, that's the mm-hmm. R version and mm-hmm. then the PG 13. Correct. Yeah, but I'm yeah. wearing my pearls right now, right, so right. I can't say I'll that. I'll say it for you. I'm your mm-hmm. translator. I got, yeah, we, we with got you. you. We with you. Mm-hmm. We, we know how to make sure the, the, <laughs> the whole context gets out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. To the bus lengths. You know what I'm saying? We can translate. This was going to be a go. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. We jumping in then. Wild black shit. Three questions. Two of them just to get you warmed up, but you already warmed up. So okay. You're going to knock them out of the park. And then the third one is our signature question that we ask every single guest. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. And it's a dope one. We love this question. I am here for it. You read? Okay, let's go. Let's okay. go. You know she listened and prepared already. I you already know, know she is. Prepared. <laughs> All right. Question one. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning was cleanup time in most black households. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was time when you heard that music start to hum throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Now, in your house, what song did you hear? You know, my mother was a staunch gospel music person. Mm-hmm. So people laugh at me when I say, literally, I only heard Tupac and stuff like that at school. And so when I got to college, it was a whole lot of songs I did not know. You were cutting up, weren't you? Listen, say no, so. I, know. I wasn't. Because uh, <laughs> my mother was very clear for me, Lo- lose your scholarship, you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm with her on that. <laughs> So Yo, please, don't you turn sure that, that on that, that, that rap shit. Don't you do that. Negative. Lose your scholarship, <laughs> you have a problem. So in my household on Saturday mornings, after we watched Garfield and Friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Looney Tunes. Oh, what you doing about Looney Tunes? Listen. Uh, it was either going to be a gospel song. Mm-hmm. Or it was going to be some kind of blues song. So I know all kinds of blues music that the average person my age should not want know. Like, why do I know all kinds of Betty White and like the Clean Up Woman and all I, kinds I of other stuff? I just want to say real quick. I'm, I'm, I, I want, I want to there. send a message to your mother. Mm-hmm. Right? She wasn't going to let you listen to Tupac. Mm-hmm. But I can listen to Betty but White. But she can listen to Betty White. <laughs> I, I'm confuzzled. Oh, I know what this is. This is this is this that was is a music. matter of t- correct. That was this all, all about time. You ain't gonna listen she to this. Said, don't you, re- don't you, you repeat none of this? Don't you repeat uh-huh. right. none of this? Right. Everything that I listen Just to. Sweep to the beat. Right, right, <laughs> right. Clean those baseboards, honey. Clean those baseboards. Right. So you know, you had all kinds of gospel music being sung in my mm-hmm. home. Uh, even when we were in the house, thirteen to eighty W A OK. That's all we listened to in the car. So like when I got to school and I heard some rap. Or I heard something else. It was like, oh. What is this? To this day, I hear some T.I. come on. I'm like, hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Along the same vein, chores. I'm sure there were times your mom or dad told you to do something. And in those rare times, you didn't do it. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. 
I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Real rare. We are, we know. We, yeah, we know you're perfect. Right. Right. Y'all didn't right. mean to. No, yeah. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I mean, Shirley, you did what she said, dude. <laughs> they went, mm-hmm. Okay. So you this, this time is probably real vivid, then. Mm-hmm. What like, was it? it? Or do you remember that experience of, of what you didn't do that you were supposed to do that you got in trouble for not doing? You had to get up and do it. So, you know, here's the interesting thing. Real talk, like, I had a real, real black mama. However, we didn't really have chores. Yeah. And so... I'm confused again. Yeah. yeah that's, that's an anomaly. We didn't really have... Because you said your mother's name was Shirley, right? Her name is Shirley Ann and she Williams. To I don't know Nan Shirley that ain't got you washing windows or washing dishes or scrubbing. Not Nan Shirley. My mother... In gospel? Right. Shirley? Yeah. No and, chores? And she raised us to be a very independent children. Uh, so let me think. Did I, I, like, we just had to keep our rooms clean, but my brother, he always failed at that task. Miss Shirley, it ain't too late. See, look. Listen, my brother's 35. He still fails at that task. And you see, Sorry, you brother. See, see, I already know. See, she she was the one that was telling on her brother. No, I wouldn't. I'm not a snitch. You not? Now I tell the truth. <laughs> see, see, that's the type of, that's type of judge I want right there. You see that? Right. I ain't no snitch, but I tell the truth. Right. That's a very distinct. Um, you know, and I have a rule: right don't ask me questions that either mm. a you don't want to know the answer to, or b even if you really want to know the answer, do not ask me questions that you cannot handle the answer to because like I'm going to tell you the truth. I love it. So you didn't, you didn't, you you pretty much on on game the whole time with with making sure anything that you needed to do was done. Listen, I was a Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got all of my Girl Scout awards. I had a sash that was on point that paralleled none other. I got my gold and my silver award. And what I was very see, I believe part of what's missing from our kids today is that they don't have a healthy fear of their parents. I had a healthy fear of my mother. Amen. Like I knew she. Listen, Amen. she did not play. <laughs> Surely. No games. And I did mean Surely to invert that subject-verb agreement. Mm-hmm. She didn't play no games. Not narrow to one? Not no. Uh-uh. <laughs> and my mother would tell us all the time, I'm not your little friend. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what she, all she had to do was look at us a certain way. Look. Yeah, and and did you get the pinch in church? Oh, yeah. See, in church, she it. had that pinch that nobody would saw her see her doing, rather. Yeah. And you're like, ow, it hurts. And she's like. Yeah, you better not say nothing. Spoke in the voice you couldn't hear, but you knew everything she said. Because mm-hmm. that look communicated things that words could not. Period. Yeah. Before we get in the car, yo, uh, not. Uh-huh. Right. And like, you know, before we go in the store, she say, now, don't go in here asking for nothing. Don't touch nothing. Don't touch nothing. You ain't getting nothing. 
and do not embarrass me. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> because if you embarrass me, we're going to have a problem. And my oh. mother used to say, where you show out is where I show out. So show out if you want to. So I was very clear. I didn't want to show out in public. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, black card is absolutely secured on that one. I think you hit so many. <laughs> it was secure when she said my mama's name was Shirley. It was a correct rap. in blues it was a rap. and yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you just solidified it. I blues mean, and gospel. right? Yeah, Let me that, tell you that. something. She was the step below Maddie Moss Clark. <laughs> That's Miss Shirley. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you right below Maddie, Maddie Moss Clark. She ain't play them games. No. I got you. Mm. Third question. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> what do you love most about life while black? Life while black man. You know, I love the creativity of our people. Mm, say that. Mm-hmm. I love the resilience of our people. Mm-hmm. And most of all, I love, we are a passionate people. Mm-hmm. And I love our passion when that passion is directed and focused appropriately. I like that. I love how you qualify I that because like that. that is like so that. on point. Yeah. Because sometimes it is misdirected. It's that way. Yeah. And when it's focused and it's channeled, it becomes very beautiful. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, we will move into the dope quote. And our listeners know the dope quote is something that anchors the episode. It's mm-hmm. typically from the mouth of someone black. Mm-hmm. Philosophy, religion, science, entertainment, mathematics. doesn't really matter if we said it. And it's dope and it matters for the episode. We'll talk about it. And I let me say this before. I don't mean to interrupt you. I you appreciate that. This is your show. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes, because I'm light-skinned, people say I'm not really black. Okay, we don't, we, we, we don't, we don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't so acknowledge I, that type of thing. I appreciate. The negrosity is strong in this yes, room. Yes, I appreciate <laughs> that my black card is secure right now. Well, okay. it's, it's super secure. Oh, yeah, yes. super secure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll jump into the dope quote. Those gains we made were never graciously or generously granted. Mm-hmm. We have had to fight every inch of the way. And that is by Miss Jane Bolin, mm-hmm. who was the first black female judge in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you hear those words, and please let me know if you want me to repeat them again, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? What do you feel? What do you think? Listen, so we have had to fight for every single thing that we have. And one of the things that I'm very clear about is, like, I I remember I had a professor, and it might have been one of my teachers actually early on who said that, understand that you can't just be. You have to be better. Yeah, so true. And as a child, I did not understand really what that meant. But as I've gotten older and as I've worked in various arenas, what I've realized is that I can't just, I, I can't just live at the standard that other people live at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, and it, it took it took a minute rather for me to really grasp that and understand that because, you know, I was always one of those people who, thank God, that I've always been very academically gifted. And so on my worst day, my worst effort was better than most people's best effort. Save but I, what I realized was, and I had a professor who said this to me, you are talented, you are intelligent, but you cannot rest on your natural talent and you cannot rest on your natural um, abilities, your natural intelligence. You've always got mm. to go the next step above because people are going to expect things from you that they're not going to expect or demand from anybody else. Mm. And so there can never be a tie. There, exactly. ne- there can never be a tie. You we, always, we don't win ties. No, we don't win ties. 
And so you always have to be in that space and that place where it is very clear cut who you are, how you are, and why you were there. Because people will generally assume that you were there because of your skin color Mm -hmm. and affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And discount the fact that you are incredibly intelligent, incredibly smart, incredibly talented in this field. So don't give people, and I tell my students this now, I teach adjunct at Spelman, I tell my students this all the time now, you, ma'am, cannot and will not rest on being basic. If we're not on unicorn status, we're not on anything. I like that unicorn status. Oh, yeah, my students will tell you. If you ask any student at Spelman who's ever had my class, they'll say, what's Miss Williams' favorite, or Professor Williams' favorite word? Unicorn and Padawan. Is what they will Not tell bad you. Padawan. <laughs> unicorn and Padawan, because I, I start every class by saying, Good morning, Padawans. And I, I tell that. every single class, You are on your quest to be you in know, unicorn you're about status. To be a Jedi in this thing. <laughs> a Jedi unicorn. That's right. What? I like how you said it. it uh, and we do not yeah. mean a unicorn as in a horse with a paper towel holder on his head. We are talking <laughs> real no. shit. Mythical. Do you understand me? Magical. Right. Wings that appear and <laughs> right. flock. Like, yeah, right. I'm, I'm with it. I'm so Standing with it. above and as- apart from all of the rest. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. As a, Even if your name is Pookie, you are Pookie the motherfucking unicorn. unicorn. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Pookie unicorn. Pookie corn. Right. That's the, that's oh. the Padawan name uh-huh. before they actually elevate to uh-huh. a full-blown uh-huh. unicorn. Yes. I'm yes. with that. Yes. I like I like that point about not being basic, though. Yeah. No. Like, that. that is powerful. I have a shirt. And it's relatable. Absolutely. I have a shirt that says, I did not wake up to be basic. Uh-uh. That's it. Yeah. No. That's it. That's it. Basic went out as a computer language, so we ain't got no use for it no more. Listen, right? Talk about hello. it. Hello, mm-hmm. don't even don't even work no more. You can't compile no damn basic code. Nope. On that. What is this? IBM? No. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. right. We on iOS and all kinds of oh. other stuff that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I want to jump in and okay. and ask two questions in one. Okay. What is a superior court judge, mm-hmm. and why is that what you want to be? Excellent question. Thank you. So superior. That ain't no basic shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. That's Padawan. Unicorn, unicorn you. Right there. <laughs> Padacorn. Padacorn Vince. <laughs> so a superior court judge, superior court judges, rather, they handle all criminal felony cases. Uh-huh. They also handle civil cases and they handle family law cases. Gotcha. Now, in Fulton County, Fulton County is the largest busiest, and arguably the most powerful trial court in the entire state of Georgia. And here's why. If you are to ever bring a suit, a lawsuit against any actor, state actor, so the governor, the secretary of state, who we know handles elections. Because soon as you said actor, somebody's like, Tyler Perry? Not Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Y'all leave Tyler's alone because, you know, I, I love me some Tyler Perry. He does so much great for the great work for the community. So the Fulton County Superior Court handles all lawsuits against the governor, the secretary of state, or any other state actor or, or, you know, elected official or the state of Georgia. So because of that, the Fulton County Superior Court is the most powerful court. So if you go to sue the governor, the secretary of state for any violation of your civil rights, that case, no matter where it happens, Muskogee County, Wilkes County, any of these other counties, has to be brought here in Fulton County. That's interesting. Is that a Georgia thing, or do other states operate the same way? 
I don't know about other states, but I know, but I would assume it's the same because Fulton is the seat of county of state government, rather. Ah, gotcha. Right. Okay, gotcha. And so, because it is the seat of state government, you can only sue the state where it, it where it lies in its seat, ah, which is Fulton. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, it is incumbent upon all citizens of the state of Georgia to ensure that the Fulton County Superior Court has the best and the most competent judges. Period across the board. Hmm. All right. So, when we're talking about Fulton County Superior Court. Judges, let's bring it also back to a nuclear focus, right? And okay. so the nuclear is um, your brother right. gets arrested for something, a felony, armed robbery. That case comes before the Fulton County Superior Court, okay? Let's take it to family law. Mm-hmm. You get divorced. You got a child support issue. You got mm-hmm. a child custody issue. That case comes before the Fulton County Superior Court. Let's take it to the civil realm. Civil realm, you get into an argument with your HOA. They're trying to find you about these weeds in your yard, and they mm-hmm. want to charge you $1,500 for some weeds, mm-hmm. okay? That case becomes before the Superior Court. Or you go to a store, and there is some kind of, you know, there's a water spill or something, some kind of negligence on the store's part. That case goes before the Superior Court. Or even basic, more basic, rather, car accident, mm-hmm. right? So you are injured in a car accident because somebody hurt you. I mean, somebody hit you and you got hurt in the process. That case can go before the Fulton County Superior Court. So the Fulton County Superior Court is a court that impacts our lives on levels and in levels, rather, that we don't even know about. Oftentimes, they're making decisions. Very vast. Yes. Very broad. Absolutely. Judges are making decisions about our lives that impact our lives that we don't even realize. And oftentimes, it's too too late. And so even if you think about criminal law, when we're talking about bonds, bails, rather, when we're talking about sentencing, when we're talking about criminal justice reform, like, judges are on the front, front, like, they're on the front line of that. But oftentimes, people don't know. So why should you choose me as your Fulton County Superior Court judge? I was born and raised in Fulton County, like I said, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So in addition to um, being someone who is very engaged in our community, who knows the needs of our community, who knows what's going on in our community, uh, I am present. I am here. Like, I, I, I am not somebody who is an import. I am not someone who is a political appointee. But I am someone who has lived and worked in this community my entire life. And so this is not something where somebody has to come and tell me what's going on in the community. I, right. know, I know, right? You are in and of the community. In and of. I am a proud product of Fulton County. Right. But then mm-hmm. when we look at my legal career and my career, rather, period, so I have experience in family law, criminal law, and civil law. And not just in those areas of law, but also on both sides of that. So as a, in the criminal sector, I was a prosecutor for almost 10 years. I've also done criminal defense work. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac... Or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, as a civil lawyer, I currently represent both plaintiffs and businesses or defendants, rather, mm-hmm. in lawsuits. And so plaintiffs, of course, those are the people who are bringing the lawsuit, who are suing someone, and defendants are the people who are being sued. And then, of course, on the family law side, I've represented husbands and wives, mothers and fathers in family law matters. So I literally bring to the bench a balanced perspective that uniquely qualifies me to sit on the bench because I don't sit on the bench and see just one side or the other. I truly see both sides because I've done both sides. And even when we're talking about little Raheem, 
who comes before the bench because I have experience and I'm engaged with this community. I grew up in this community. I look at Raheem when he comes before me and I see value in Raheem. Right. I don't just see someone yeah. who I saw on the television and that's the only time I see the community is when the community right. comes either into the courtroom or on the television. No, right. I live in the community. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. So a up. court is not a court is not a court. A judge is not a judge is not no. a judge. Let's talk about you a little bit. You, yeah. you you mentioned early on you wanted to be a judge since you were a little girl. You mentioned mm-hmm. losing your father. Mm-hmm. Um, what led you to this point? What mm-hmm. what led you to become a lawyer? What led you to become a prosecutor? Mm-hmm. And what's leading you to become a judge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome question. Uh, and that's a question I tell people. Anybody who's running for office and who's asking for your vote, you should ask them why. Mm-hmm. You should. So... For me, when I was seven, I was introduced to the criminal justice system. My father was murdered, like I said. Mm -hmm. And I vividly, to this day, still remember my mother coming in and telling me that daddy was gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember even going through that process, the person who killed my father, the first person who murdered him, was never arrested. Nothing ever happened to him. And they knew who he was. It was, you know, it was not a secret. It was not uh, an unknown identity. Like, they knew who it was. And I remember in that space, I remember literally crying on my mother's lap and asking her why. Like, why was this man allowed? Because my mother always taught me, like, you know, be good, do good things, et cetera. And if you're not going to do good things, if you're not going to be good, then you'll get punished. And so it was this space of like, well, why is he not being punished for taking away my daddy? Uh, And in that space, I just remember thinking, like, no other little seven-year-old should feel this way. Like, mm-hmm. no seven-year-old should feel this way. And so I always wanted to be the voice of people. And my mother always says that even from the time I came out, that I was always this very independent spirit who was like, you know, the protector of others. And so I, I vividly remember writing in my law school application that I wanted to be the eyes for the blind, the voice for the silent, and the strength for the weak. That's dope. And it was this space of like, you know, people, especially in our community, people say, oh, well, if you're black, you shouldn't be a prosecutor. For me, I had the opposite thought process because prosecutors and judges have the most impact on our community. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, well, wait a minute. To me, that means that we should be prosecutors. We should be judges because all the defense attorney can do, and there's, this is no disrespect to any defense attorney, but the defense attorney can only defend against what's put in front of them. Mm-hmm. But who's the person that puts it in front of them? It's the prosecutor. The prosecutor decides, is the one who decides if a case gets charged. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who decide what the charges are. And they're the ones who ultimately have the discretion to dismiss a case or to proceed on a case. They're the ones who decide if we're going to trial or if we're not going to trial. Right. And then when we look at the judges, what do the judges do? The judges are the ones who sentence based on what the prosecutor has put before them. Mm-hmm. The judges are the ones calling the balls and the strikes, and they are the ones who are deciding, for instance, even on an armed robbery case. In the state of Georgia, armed robbery has a mandatory minimum of 10 years incarceration, mm-hmm. but it's 10 to life. So it's the judge who's deciding if you're going to get that 10 years flat. And mind you, in the state of Georgia, armed robbery is a day-for-day offense, meaning it is not parolable, it is not probatable for whatever uh, prison sentence you get, so to speak. That's what you're doing. Correct. And so it's the judge who decides if you're getting 10 years, 15 years, life. And whatever prison sentence that they give you is the judge who is determining how much time on an armed robbery you're going to spend day-for-day. And even with that, what the probation is. So in the state of Georgia, 
We are the number one state, and if not the number one, we're definitely top three. It's for people who are under sentence, right? And on paper, as people would call it. And so when I say under sentence, I mean people who are either in custody, on parole, or on probation of some sort. Right. Well, that's huge because when you're talking about people who are on probation, that affects so much more than just, oh, this person is on probation. It has a socioeconomic effect that people don't often think about. Because if you're on probation, what else is affected by that? Housing, mm-hmm. job opportunities, yeah. right? And so you, we have all of these things that are secular effects. And so when we talk about repeat offenders, we can't help but to talk about that too. And we can't help but to talk about things like alternative sentencing, diversion programs, apprenticeship programs, accountability courts. And those are not tools that have really been used in our justice system today. And so what do we see? We see that we have a disproportionate number of people who are in custody, and specifically people of color who are in custody. So why is it in the state of Georgia that approximately 40% of the population are minorities? Mm. However, our prison population well outweighs that 40%. So though we are the quote-unquote minority in the state, we are the majority in the prisons. Yeah. Does the judge have discretion on those tools that you mentioned? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a judge who decides... Full discretion. It's a judge who decides what sentencing you're going Mm -hmm. to get. So though the statute and the legislature has said that, hey, these are the the, the mandatories. And mind you, be clear, in the state of Georgia, we only have a few uh, crimes that have mandatory sentencing. Mm-hmm. Like, robbery doesn't have mandatory sentencing. Robbery is 1 to 20. But going back to being a prosecutor, when I was a prosecutor, it was me who decided if this kid went up on an armed robbery versus a robbery. Because remember, I tell you, armed robbery has a mandatory minimum. So armed robbery, 10 to life, day for day. Robbery is 1 to 20, but it's probatable, parolable. And so Got the it. judge can sentence you to a year to serve, which is parolable. The judge can sentence you to 10 to serve, too. 10 years to serve, whatever the case may be, but it's all probatable and parolable. On an armed robbery, it's not. So and again, it's the process. impact on what the outcome could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the judge cannot reduce the sentence. Only the prosecutor can do that. Didn't know that. Really? Either. Only a prosecutor can reduce a sentence. hmm Wow. So even when we're talking about, you know, the whole notion of, you know, I, I tell people, being a prosecutor, you have immense power in your hands. And so when people say to me, oh, well, as a black person, you shouldn't be a prosecutor, I say to them, you don't know the system. Do you think that's because they only look at prosecutors as those who lock us up? Correct. Absolutely. The ignorance around the the But the reality is they're not locking us up. They're setting the tone for everything that comes next. Correct. And, and, you know, it's funny because when I I was a prosecutor and I would meet people, and Lord Lord knows, especially when I was dating, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would say that I was a prosecutor and a black man would look at me like... Mm. You what? But then, of course, when I was a sex crimes prosecutor, and I would say, oh, I prosecute sex crimes. Oh, lock them up, you know? Um, right. so, so it's funny how our community has, uh, we, we've got a different barometer, so yeah, to speak, yeah. on, on what we're cool with and what we're not cool with. But yeah. And so, you know, when I say, oh, I prosecute murders, oh, lock them up. Child molestation, lock them up. Drug cases, oh, man, come on. But even when we're talking about drug cases, right, Just think about the amount of money that we spend putting people in custody on drug cases. Mm, What about mm, if we took that same amount? Nonviolent offenders, absolutely. Took that same amount and put it towards treatment, right? So sentence that person to a treatment program because we spend more to incarcerate a person than we would to treat a person. 
And at the end of the day, what do we know? What we know statistically is that you can put somebody in custody for jail, um, excuse me, for a drug use, for theft, et cetera. Right. But they're going to come back out and do the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Why? Because when they come back out, they're going back to the same they got space. The same tools. Same tools. Yeah. And we haven't equipped them and empowered them. To do anything, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If you had to so put logical. your finger on the... And, and both from a prosecutor standpoint and from a judge, if you had to put your finger on the most important misconception that you believe specifically black folks have, what would it be? That prosecutors are our enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutors can, I used to tell people, prosecutors can be your best friend or your worst enemy. That's yeah. true. It sounds that's true. like it from that explanation. Man. Yeah. Uh, and that's why, you know, I always advocate whenever, because I, I also mentor a, a lot of students and a lot of people who tell me they want to be lawyers. Mm -hmm. And whenever they tell me that they want to go into the criminal justice system, oftentimes you'll hear people say, oh, I want to go be a criminal defense attorney. And I always challenge them to say, why? And literally, the explanation that I get oftentimes is one that is uninformed. Because mm -hmm. the system keeps locking our people up and all this other kind of stuff. And I get that. I understand it, right? Mm -hmm. But what I also understand is that as a prosecutor, I did more good for our community than any defense attorney has ever done. And I mm. stand firm to that statement. Yeah. I, I, I can remember literally three specific cases where I'm the one who figured out that the defendant was not the person who did it. And they were facing mandatories in cases. I'm the one who figured out this was the wrong person. And their attorneys were telling them, take the plea, take the plea, take the plea. Oh, and you the prosecutor. And I was the prosecutor. And I was the one who figured out, hey, this is mistaken identity. So you can throw it out. Absolutely. You can dismiss it. You can reduce it, whatever the case may be, depending on the circumstances. And specifically, um, I left my job because, my, one of my jobs, I should say, I left a job because I had a murder case. Mm -hmm. And... It was a case where I did not believe that defendant, the defendant, based on the evidence before me, should be charged with murder. Now, again, remember, in the state of Georgia, murder is a life sentence automatically. Judge does not have any deviation room for that. It is a right. life sentence. Their options are life or life without parole. That's mm. your options. And mind you, in the state of Georgia, when you get a life sentence, you are not eligible for parole until you have served at least 30 years of that. And most people who are serving oh. a life sentence in the state of Georgia do not get parole their first time around, right? So long story wow. short, this was a case where th there were two defendants charged. There was one defendant who was clearly mm. guilty. Like, he was the shooter. He was the one who shot the guy. And this was at a gas station down in South Fulton County in Union City. Mm -hmm. And the shooter actually goes up and just shoots an unarmed citizen at the gas station um, just because he was playing, he being the shooter, was playing his music. I think, I think he thought it was still Freaknik. He didn't know that Freaknik was like years, years, years ago. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.
and so he's playing his music super loud. The victim comes out of the grocery or out of the gas station, excuse me. And the victim kind of looks at him like, you know how we all do at some point when you look at somebody like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. too much, sir, too much. So the victim kind of looks at him but doesn't say anything, walks on to his car. So the shooter then walks over with no conversation to the pa- any of the passengers in his car, walks over to the victim and says, what the F are you looking at? At which point the victim said, you. You know how y'all men yeah, are. Yeah, you motherfucker. You talking about looking right. at yeah. Ain't no punk about this, you know? Right. Uh, looking at your punk ass. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So the victim looks, <laughs> victim looks at him and say, you. At which point the shooter took one step back, and by all witness accounts, the shooter pulled out a gun from his waistband and shot the victim one time, point blank, to the chest. Jeez. Now, as the victim, as the victim was being shot, his brother was walking out of the gas station. So his brother, like, runs over and literally catches him in his arms after he's being shot. Um, So the shooter then walks right back over to his PC Cruiser, closes the trunk that had the subwoofers in it, politely and calmly gets into the driver's seat and drives off. Okay? Now here's where what I'm talking about comes into play. The cousin, the shooter's cousin, was sitting in the back seat, Mm -hmm. 17-year-old kid. His mother sent him down here from Newark, New Jersey, because he was getting in trouble. So she sent him down here to live with his, I mean, with her sister, excuse me, because she was trying to keep her son away from gangs and away from a life of crime. And now he's caught up in this bullshit. With his cousin. Exactly. And so what happens is, as they are pulling out the gas station, now keep in mind I told you that the shooter shot the victim and the victim fell into the brother's arms. So they're on the ground. Mm-hmm. As they're pulling out the gas station, the cousin, right, the 17-year-old kid, reaches his arm out of the car, points straight up, and shoots celebratory gunfire what? in the air. So that celebratory gunfire is what got him charged with murder. And I said, that's not murder. So literally, I go back and forth with my supervisors because they refused to reduce the case. Now, mind you, I had gone to go talk to the kid, had gotten the kid to agree to flip and testify against his cousin um, because, you know, and he was still, mind you, going to get aggravated assault because in the state of Georgia, that's still aggravated assault, reckless conduct. And so, correct, for shooting off a a gun at a gas station. That's reckless conduct. You could have hit a gas pump. Yeah. Right. And they refused to let me reduce the case. But it wasn't murder. Correct. And that's the exact thing that we have to think about with our kids. And when we're talking about the uh, prison to the school to prison pipeline, our kids are doing dumb stuff. Because they're kids. Because they're kids. And if we give them a felony at this Mm. age, what are we setting them up for? Yeah. And so in this particular space, this was a 17 year old who did something absolutely abhorrible. It was. And it was dumb. But did it warrant life in prison? Mm. No. No. So long story short, they refused to let me reduce the case. I quit my job. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not, I can't try that case. I'm not going to do that. Ethically, I cannot try that. So the office, somebody else at the office tried the case. Mm-hmm. The jury found the guy not guilty of murder. Convicted him of aggravated assault, which is, remember what I said it was. Mm-hmm. Convicted him of the aggravated assault, found him not guilty of the murder. But again, prosecutors. Yeah. They're the ones who are deciding what charges we're going forward on, what charges you're going to be charged with, and all that other stuff. So kind of setting up the, the, the cards, for lack of a better term, for what the jury is going to hear and what yeah. the jury is going to be deciding, what the judge is going to be deciding and sentencing based on. 
I'm mm. glad you broke that down. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's no secret. We sit here and learn, too. Like, I, I didn't know all that. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. Yeah, like, I've never been in a situation listen, to understand how Our justice works. system is so, it's so simple yet complex, but oftentimes we don't take the time to get to know it. Yeah. We just kind of rest on, oh, it's not set up for us. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying that, I'm not espousing an opinion one way or the other, but what I am that's saying another, is... I'm not giving an opinion. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding. I'm not giving an opinion one way or the other. But what I am saying is we can't automatically look at the system as being not about us, not right. for us. Right. Mm-hmm. You brought up a really good point. Um, how do you recommend someone begin to get more familiar with the system and with the laws? Right? Because e- even speaking from, like, I'm educated, like right? undergraduate, master's. You fancy. I am. You're a talented I'm, I'm a little fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even with that, um, wh- when I try to dissect and understand the laws around me, mm-hmm. you can very quickly get overwhelmed. Mm, right? Absolutely. Because there's, there's information everywhere, and I recognize that all that information is not accurate. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. How does someone get closer to the truth about their rights, the laws, how the system really works? How do they get more comfortable there? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, understand that Google is a tool, but it is not a replacement for my law degree. People like me put mm-hmm. themselves in a whole lot of debt for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so your Google search is not comparable. I got a personal number, too. I be telling text, ask. <laughs> <laughs> Call me anytime. <laughs> uh, so that's first and foremost. But number two, just be open. Yeah. Be open to learning about our justice system. I am not saying that our justice system is 100% fair. But what I am saying is the unfortunate yet fortunate part is it is the best system Hmm. in this world. If you look at... That's empowering and scary at the same time. Absolutely. If you look at other places in this world and due process in other places does not look like what it looks here. And so, though it is not perfect, understand that it will never be perfect because it is based on the individuals that are in the system. And with that being said, understand that this, again, goes to the power of our vote. Mm. In the state of Georgia, excuse me, governor, excuse me, uh, judges are appointed and elected. So even though the governor has the power to appoint a judge, the people have the power to decide whether or not that appointment stands mm-hmm. by way of their vote at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what happens is we don't exercise our vote. So we don't know about our judges. We don't care about our judges. Here, specifically in the state of Georgia, judicial, judicial elections are some of the least voted in elections across the board. And it's because we don't care about our judges, who they are, until we have to go before them. And right. then we want to say, oh, well, so-and-so wasn't fair. So-and-so, you know, then we want to have an opinion about the judge. But the time to have an opinion about who our judges are is at the ballot box. It's right now, during election time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if a judge is not representing the issues and the interests of the community, then we need to vote them out, just yeah. like any other elected official. Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty mm-hmm. of that, right? I mean, I, I've, I've stood in, in the line to vote. I've been at the machine. And I've seen judges. I'm like, oh. And then mm-hmm. I go right to... Mm-hmm. The people that the, I know about or the topics that I've thought right. about. You don't think about the judge. No, you Listen, don't. and the crazy part mm-hmm. is, so I am running against someone who is a gubernatorial appointee. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell no, you I how really many... I don't like that, Mom. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> as soon as you said gubernatorial appointee, boom. <laughs> I cannot Suppressor tell you... Suppressor in chief. Let me stop. Let me how many fly. people have said to me, 
Man, you you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? You know, matter of fact, in this moment, yeah. don't say their don't say their name. Say your name two more times, real quick. Oh, I'm not going to say their name. My Good. name is Shermila Williams. Mm-hmm. Give it to them one more time. My name is Shermila Williams. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's the name. Shermila mm-hmm. <laughs> Williams, the, right there. Uh-huh. So while we're mm. talking about voting, we're talking yeah. about Shermila Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, here, Fulton County, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want this to be crystal clear for our, our listeners. <laughs> Who can vote for you? Who can vote in your particular race? Everybody in Fulton who County. is a registered voter in Fulton County. Love it. Every person. So all the way from Milton Johns Creek, all the way down to Chattahoochee Hills, including, as Martin Luther King would say, the rolling hills of Atlanta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. city of South Fulton, Milton, Roswell, Alpharetta. There are 15 cities that make up Fulton County. Mm -hmm. Everybody Mm -hmm. in those 15 cities votes for the Fulton County Superior Court judges. Okay. East Point, College Park, Hapeville, Atlanta, everything. Yeah. You're... You and I did mean to say everything. I don't want y'all to think I'm not speaking yeah. proper English. Yeah, well, you know, we, we call uh, it. Mm-hmm. So all, all mm. you all out there who are bothered by what you see on the news, mm-hmm. you're bothered by the things that you read in the AJC, mm-hmm. the Channel 5 News, make sure you get out there. You've got a, a candidate in front of you who is telling you that she is intent on making a difference. She is intent on driving equality, equity, uh, bringing back actual justice to the systems that we talk about. So now it's on you. Don't don't fall back on your responsibilities. You've got to right. find your way to the polls, find your way to go vote, find your way to help us find the change that we so desperately need. Yeah, this is that moment of action. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. This is the request for that action. And if we don't see the need for such in our current day, I'm I don't know where and when we will see it. Trying to tell you. Like, if we look at just some of the things that are going on around our country, if we don't see the need for competent, qualified, engaged, and present leadership, I don't know where we're ever going to see it. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you look at the Ahmaud Arbery case um, down in Brunswick, Mm -hmm. right? You you know, I tell people, if you disagree with the DA's decision, if you disagree with how the DA handled the the case, Mm -hmm. you know the DA is on the ballot, right? If you disagree with how things are being handled in Minnesota, mm-hmm. I don't know what Minnesota's process is, but if they were here in Georgia, the mayor, the DA, uh, the judges are all on the ballot. And so what we have to do is understand that our vote is our most powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And, and we it's vote a for police chief too, don't we? No, police chiefs in here are appointed. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But you vote you vote for the mayor who appoints the police there chief. You go. Gotcha. Uh, and so what we have to understand is that we cannot take the passive approach that my vote doesn't matter or my vote right. doesn't change anything. I, I tell people, vote in everything. I don't care, care if it's a dog catcher's race. Vote in that right. too. Right. Right. But what we have to understand <laughs> is that our local elections impact and affect our lives on a far greater and larger scale than the national elections. National elections are important. I'm not saying don't vote in those. But what I am saying is your life, if you are in the city of Atlanta, where I live, your life is far more impacted by Keisha Lance Bottoms than it is by Donald Trump. Your life is far more impacted by those 20 people who sit on the Fulton County Superior Court judge than it is by who sits on the Supreme Court. And even when we talk about even tax commissioners, insurance commissioners, my house, the insurance on my house, y'all, 
It's expensive. <laughs> that is based on someone who we've elected in office. When we talk about our taxes, our local taxes, state, local, et cetera, that is impacted by someone who we elected into office for right. our local. When we go to the grocery store and pick up a piece of fruit, that piece of fruit has come to the grocery store by, in some way, by some legislative action, by some tariff, by some something mm. that has been impacted by somebody that we elected in. Mm. Mm. And so if there we are don't... far-reaching impacts that we don't see. We don't even recognize. Probably don't even record. Don't, don't even don't, know. Because we don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. We don't think... The insurance commissioner... We just think it happens. What does the insurance commissioner do? Nobody knows. There's a person who is on the ballot who's calling insurance... insurance commissioner. Yes. And we vote for them. And you know what they do? They're the people who determine and who regulate our insurance on our cars. Mm. <laughs> So I if you feel like your insurance... I thought it was all about State Farm. too high. No, let me... I have progressive. But... And that's not an endorsement. Progressive <laughs> not paying me anything. In fact, I pay them. But... <laughs> but if you feel like your insurance is too high, understand that there is a person who we've elected into office either by our votes or our, like, failure to vote. Yeah. Because your failure to vote, vote also action. elects people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So either by our vote hey, or our Donald failure Trump. to vote... There's somebody that's in office that is affecting and impacting all of those decisions. If wow. you were to stop mm. right now and, okay. and project the next 20 years of your life, mm. where are you going and how are you getting there? In 20 years, here's what I see. I see myself on the Fulton County Superior Court bench. Mm -hmm. I see myself happy, healthy, and thriving. Mm -hmm. I see myself making an impact on my community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see myself having changed and redirected in some mm -hmm. instances, in a lot of instances, the lives of a whole lot of people who otherwise would not have had the opportunity and who yeah. would have otherwise not had the chance. I see myself laughing because I love to laugh. Um, <laughs> I see myself like just really being impactful in my society, in, in my community. And be clear, this is not about me. Because what I also realize is that um, God has immensely blessed me. Like, I live a great life. I have great parents. I have a great family. I have a great circle. I have a great village, right? I got a good job. got a nice house. Got drive, you know, I drive a nice car. Um, I ain't rich by no means. That's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> I'm not saying that. Go on, let me hold something. Go on, let me hold something right quick. <laughs> let me hold something. Right. Um, <laughs> but what I am saying is that I, I understand that I have been immensely blessed and put in a position where in general, my worries would be the average person's desires. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. that. And so what I, I also that. understand mm -hmm. is that it is incumbent upon me. And mind you, be clear, I did not grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I grew up very working class, with a very working class family. My mother was an accountant. My mother is one of nine children. She is the only one of her siblings to go to college. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Uh, so this was not a Shirley. Come on, Miss Shirley. Right. Shirley Give went to Clark to Atlanta University. Well, she went to Clark College. I just told y'all her age. But <laughs> um, that's on you, because Miss Shirley ain't coming up to me. I know she can whoop some ass. Right. <laughs> Wait till she hear this. But right. what I realized and what my mother always taught me was that it is incumbent upon you to do your part to make the lives of other people 
better. Mm. It is incumbent mm-hmm. upon you to ensure that the generation that is coming behind you has a path that has been blazed for them, for them to blaze the path ahead of them. I love that. And I so, you know, I am very, I, I am very aware that I am where I am because of other people who invested in me, who poured into me, who blazed the path before me so that I could even be in this position. Mm-hmm. And so literally, I was looking yesterday at, uh, we sent out a mailer for the campaign, right? And I was looking at the mailer and I was just overcome because I was like, listen, who would have thought that that seven-year-old little girl from Southwest Atlanta, who grew up on Campbellton Road, and I don't know if y'all know anything about Atlanta, mm-hmm. but who okay. grew up on Campbellton Road, off of Campbellton Road, off of DeLow Drive, who would have thought that that little girl would be in this space and in this place right now? Mm-hmm. Like, That's crazy. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. But what I understand is that I have been given this space, this place, this time, and this platform to make a difference. And if I squander it, that's on me. That's right. That's right. Just like y'all have been given this platform to do amazing and great things with it. That's and right. if you squander the gift that you have been given, it is on you. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is absolutely right. And if you don't live right. in your purpose, there's somebody else who can't live in their purpose because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. So that can turn her mic up. But what? I love that interconnectedness. Host? Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. I don't know if you're going to have time. <laughs> I got time. I got time. Time mm. management. That's what I do. Not, <laughs> not when, you, when you get this superior judge seat. Yeah. Uh-huh, because we're going to be efficient in court. Oh, you ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be efficient in court. We are going to be efficient. We are not going to violate people's rights. We are not going to have cases languishing years upon years because that's not fair to big society. Word. languishing. <laughs> Automatopoeia. Refrigerator. That's not fair to victims. That's not fair to the defendants. <laughs> and that's not fair to the community at large. In and out. Decisions well, well you can't made. be in and out now. But you, you will be thoughtful about these decisions. <laughs> Because you got to give people time to get together what they need to get together yeah. to present what they need to but present. But it can't take too long. All right. Last question I have for you is mm-hmm. this. Uh, we're going to go 40 years into the future this time. Ooh, okay. You have done all types of amazing things. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are 80. You should be laid up someplace. Well, hold on. 78. Thank you. 78. <laughs> and if we do from today, I'll be 77. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. <laughs> when people look Facts back matter. at... Math is important. Right. <laughs> Numbers count. Right. When people look back at your time, your career, mm-hmm. what is it that you want them to reflect on as your legacy? I want them to say that she was significant, not just successful. I love that. Because those are two that. different things. You can that be successful true. and really have no imprint and no that impact on your community. That is true. It is very important to me that my life not just be a shell of material things and a shell of accolades. It is important to me that my life is a life that other people will look at and say, you know what, because she did, I can. Right. You want your life to matter so much that other people's matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, I, you know, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't have any children, but my brother has two. He has a boy and a, a little boy and a little girl. Right. And it's important to me that Bryson and Naomi know that they can do mm-hmm. because T.T. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is important to me that all of these other little kids who don't necessarily have the same role models that Bryson and Naomi may have, mm-hmm. it's important to me that they understand that there's nothing that they can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, I envy these kids growing up right now who saw Barack Obama as president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if Barack right. Obama can be president... Why can't I be president? I look like him. Mm-hmm. Hello? 
Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing I tell people about our judicial system. There is a certain comfort that comes, right? And I'm not saying it's warranted, not warranted. That's not my point. But there's a certain comfort that comes when you walk into the courtroom and see somebody that looks like you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you, even as a yes. prosecutor, how many people walked up to me thinking I was the public defender and were like, hey, so let me talk to you about my case. I'd be like, hold on. Don't talk Don't to me, talk about, to me your about your case. Don't talk to me about your case. I'm the prosecutor. <laughs> you, know? you the prosecutor? Really? But there is a certain comfort that people have yeah. when they walk into a space and a certain fairness that they feel like they are going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah because they don't feel like the cards are automatically stacked against them. And so what is important to me is that when I take my last breath, that I've given it all, whatever it is inside of me, Mm -hmm. because I think we're all put here with a purpose, that I've given it all. And so when I'm leaving this life, when I'm leaving this earth, I literally am leaving as an empty vessel because I left it all here on earth. Poured it all out. All Mm -hmm. of it. I love that. But mm-hmm. before we go down a whole nother rabbit hole. Yes, okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end this thing. Um <laughs> I know. Thank you guys. It's been amazing. I've enjoyed being here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I we, think we've we been always... here like five hours, but like it's 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 been a great five hours. Yeah. It's been amazing. Numbers count. Numbers matter. You count numbers because they matter. See, I cleaned it up. I'm good with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the episode, we always give the mic to our guest and let you close us out. You can tell the people whatever it is on your heart to tell them. I would suggest you definitely tell them how to follow you when the election is, all that good stuff. What you got there already? Let me shut up and let you do that. And vote. Well, first and foremost, thank you all so much for allowing me to come and be on your platform. No doubt. We enjoyed having you. Absolutely. This is amazing. Y'all are, y'all are just amazing. So that's all. Amazing and absolutely are two of my favorite words. Uh, but people, everyone under the sound of my voice, I implore you, encourage you, because I know he's going to say I'm using big words. I was sure about this. Another one. Another one. <laughs> I am begging you, and I don't (laughs) beg, (laughs) but I am begging you, please do not sit this election out. Elections and our votes matter. Our voices matter. And the only way for our voices to be heard is at the polls. My name is Shermila Williams, and I am asking for your vote and your support for Fulton County Superior Court Judge. I'm asking you to tell your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, all your family, friends, and everybody, okay? Even your exes. Call everybody that you know and tell them to vote for Fulton County Superior Court Judge to vote for Shamila Williams. You can you... call Tyrone. <laughs> call Tyrone, yes. Let him know, too, because he needs to get to the polls also. What do you think about singing that? So, <laughs> early voting, if you are in Fulton County, early voting is going on right now and ends on June the 5th. Uh, We have six early voting precincts in Fulton County right now that are open from 7 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Vote by mail is going on now. And so you, if you don't want to mask up and show up, send your absentee ballot back in, please. And then last but certainly not least, election day is June the 9th, okay? Polls are open from 7 to 7. So I am asking you, I am encouraging you, I am begging you, please show up and let your voice be heard because what we need are people who are engaged with our community, who are a part of our community, and who are going to represent our community so that we have the absolute best people on the Fulton County Superior Court. And that person is none other than Shermila Williams. So you may find me online at Shermila, S-H-E-R-M-E-L-A. I promise you, if you Google me, there's only one that will come up. Shermila or forjudge.com. And then, of course, you can find me on social media, on Facebook. And my students tell me I'm supposed to say IG, not Instagram. 
I'm supposed to say IG or the gram. So on Facebook and IG, you can find me at Sharmila, F-O-R, Judge. And on Twitter, you can find me at Sharmila, the number four, Judge. So thank you so much. I appreciate you all's vote, your support, your encouragement, your prayers, everything. And I look forward to serving our community as our next Fulton County Superior Court judge. Absolutely. I just want to say you pronounced the shit out the word Twitter. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Twitter? that. Right. <laughs> every, right. every syllable was... Do you was want me to even... say Atlanta versus Atlanta? I can hey, say both. We, we get it all. And we get, we don't get all them votes because we pronounce it any way you need it. What right. you need, I got it here right. for you right now. Cool. Well, Wild Black, I hope you have paid attention and enjoyed this. With that, we are out. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.